0: Good evening, well, early evening. It's 5.33 at night, Monday morning after a crazy weekend in the Piney Woods. Uh, welcome again to Pardon Me, Alex, the only Lumberjack basketball podcast on the air. We are your hosts, Alex and Jax. And Jacqueline has on her, her shirt that she got this weekend, the giveaway. Very nice, very nice. I opted for the long sleeve old, you know, Tertiary logo because it's cold in my house. It's wild. I know. I don't understand. Um, But anyway, so, man, we had a crazy weekend. We're excited to talk about it. We have a special guest on today as well who we'll we'll introduce in a minute. But, I mean, what a game that was yesterday. And I say yesterday as in Sunday. Yes, we had a Sunday game, and it was on ESPNU. Crazy. It's great. National television. Can't beat it. And we showed out, which was good.
1: We did. We had a good turnout. Uh, like Alex said, we had quite a little eventful day. We had a bunch of special guests, which we'll we'll get to all of those. But we started out with our PMA tailgate that we did. Um, we, I think, told you all in the past, but we did. Alex and I did a package together for the um, alumni homecoming auction that was a PMA package for uh, the winning bidder to come to a game courtesy of us as host a tailgate for them. Mm-hmm. Then their opportunity to come in on episodes. So that'll be our, our special guest today.
0: Yeah. So we are so excited to introduce our special guest and that man is none other than Richard Boyer. Look at him go. Welcome.
1: Welcome.
2: I tell you what, uh uh when I first uh, saw the item on the online auction for homecoming, I usually, you know, buy several things, but uh, when I saw this one, I thought this one was special and uh, boy, did you guys go above and beyond. Um, I, I really feel like after the experience yesterday, uh, I really realized what a bargain I got on, uh, on, on the bidding and just wanted to uh, you know, say thank you for everything. Uh, you did putting that on. And, um, my guess is, uh, once, you know, people start hearing about how great this experience was, I'm not going to have as easy a time bidding on this thing again next year. (laughs) So uh, I'm sure that the price will be uh, even higher, but, uh, the, the seats, the games, the tailgate, the, uh, swag, uh, even wearing some of my, uh, swag that I got yesterday, uh, has been fantastic. And then, you know the real uh you know the real icing on the cake was uh the way that the jacks performed last night too so um uh, thank you so much and uh i really uh encourage folks to uh look at this item if you guys do that again this fall uh because it was uh it was really a a memorable experience i got to uh, bring an old friend of mine that um you know we met at sfa in 1989 and uh, been friends ever since, and uh, got to uh, you know bring a buddy to the game, and uh, had a you know had a just outstanding time.
1: That's awesome. We love to hear that, and I, I love to hear some of even uh, Frito's story. So his his special guest was also one of Alex and I's friend Mark Frieda Friedman mm-hmm. uh, on the alumni board with us. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that y'all loved it, and we have to take a moment to say a special thanks to some people who helped us. Put all that on because we had the alumni association helping us with the tailgate. We had Ted Smith, State Farm, and Jimmy Mize helping uh, do all the cooking, the fabulous food we had. Uh, we had RK Distributors giving us some booze, Ferdinand Brewery giving us some booze, um, Rusty Rust, and a couple of other helpful, helpful men like Gary Lee Ashcraft to help us take the tents down. So and Sean, yeah. even in his sickness, to drop yeah. off. His- off it. So we had a lot of help. It was a, it was a definitely a group effort. And I, I think it went good. So I'm glad to hear that y'all had a good time.
2: Oh, was it was a really good fun. turnout. I thought uh, coming out to that. And I even had to uh, give Mayor Mize uh, compliments on his cooking.
0: <laughs> <It was good. laughs> I'm, I'm sure he was very, very thankful and, and blessed to have that <laughs> blessing from you. No. Yeah. And yeah, we had a lot of people helping us with this, with this event. And like Jacqueline named them all out, couldn't, couldn't do without them. Um, And uh, of course, shout out to ticket office and Chris Bentley and uh, the entire ticketing team over there for helping us, um, you know, get you guys down and on, on the court and stuff. And, you know, couldn't, couldn't do without them either. They're amazing and they're so helpful. And, you know, we were, we were very thankful that they, uh, that they made a little, Uh, accommodation for us and we figured out a good deal to get you down there. So that was, that was good. Um, But yeah, no, we were just, we were just excited to have you. And I mean, the fact that you're, you know, a little bit about you, you, you're a former regent, right? So when when did you serve as a regent at SFA?
2: I was on the board of regents from uh, 05 to 11. So it's hard to believe it's been that far away, uh, you know, since I've been, uh, away from it, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so so that, that was the, the, there's six year terms and my term was, uh, 05 to 11.
0: Wow. So, um, so you, yeah, you did the regent C position term and then, you know, now you're the mayor of the colony, right? Which is located in the Dallas area.
2: Yep, we're up in southeast Denton County, uh, about 20 miles north of Dallas. Uh, city's got just under 50,000, and uh, we are right here on uh, Highway 121 between Louisville, Plano, Carrollton, and Frisco. So we're right in the we're, uh, we're, we're we're the jelly in the donut between those bigger cities. So.
0: I love that yeah no we we know a lot about the colony just because we like we like to host that uh alumni kind of like back to knack event up at the lava cantina isn't that was called
2: it was yeah it was uh I guess it was last April we we did that
0: yeah yeah and and uh great again
1: soon I guess
2: then I don't know if they're gonna do that again this year that's not I guess we can talk to uh Rocky or Trey or whoever, uh, over in the uh, alumni folks, see if they're going to do that again. But, um, you know, we're always happy to have uh, SFA. Uh, I got the, uh, honor of being able to name it, uh, Axum Jack's day in the colony and do a formal proclamation. You know, it's about all we get to do, but uh, as, as mayors, but it was great to see that much purple, uh, here in town.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I really do. And I, I do hope we can have another, Hey, maybe we'll have a watch party if the Jacks make it to the big dance. That's right. Yeah. There you go. That would our, be good.
2: Our high school football. I mean, our high school basketball coach here uh, is a, uh, is a lumberjack graduate. Oh, really? So, cool. yeah. So uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, we get, we, we do all right uh, as far as trying to support the Jacks, but uh, uh, unfortunately I, I I get a lot of grief because our, our women's basketball coach is a Bearcat. Um, she can't explain to me what a Bearcat is either, but um, you know, but she she actually played and talks about the days where she used to beat SFA back in the old Southland Conference. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I just assume not have a conversation like that with
0: her. It's just best to just let them stew in their in their own uh, their own grief and their own misery. Um, I mean, because they are from a prison town, so. It's not very fun there. It's not very exciting.
2: That's right. Um, I I was at that uh, that that luncheon for Steve uh, Dr. Westbrook the other day, and uh, one of the old SFA historians was talking about where the campus is located. Used to be property that was owned by Sam Houston and Thomas J. Rusk, and so Mm -hmm. that just goes to show that. uh, and, And they said that Sam Houston's first law office was in downtown Nacogdoches, which. Goes to show, not even Sam Houston wanted to be in Huntsville.
0: <laughs> exactly. The- <laughs> exactly. It shows that Nacogdoches is the superior town. Oh, so, no,
2: no doubt, no doubt,
0: no doubt, absolutely. Um, yeah. So again, and, and you have you know a little bit of background with with Kyle, Coach Keller. Uh, you you kind of alluded to the fact that you have you know him and that you're. Kind of sort of little, now he, he
2: friends maybe know me from from Adam, but I've got some some Kyle Keller history. Um, this was back when he was still a assistant at A and M, uh, and I was on a plane from DFW to Vegas, and I saw Coach Kennedy, the head coach of A uh, and M, walk by, and then here comes. Uh, Coach Keller, and he ends up sitting in the window seat. I'm stuck in a middle seat. I'm not a middle seat guy. You've seen me. Anyway, so I'm I'm stuck in the middle seat, and Coach Keller's in the window seat, and I kind of know who he is. I I kind of recognize him, and I, I get my phone out, and I'm doing a little Google search, and I confirm. And then, you know, then I spend the next three hours just probably completely beating him down talking college basketball and, you know, we're talking about, uh, subjects like Thomas walkup and, and you know, and, and cause we had just, uh, uh, gone to the NCAA tournament that year and mm-hmm. he was talking about that. And he was talking about then how much he loved Nacogdoches, how love, how much he loved recruiting that area. Uh, how much, you know, what, what a great program, you know, at the time, um, Underwood was the was the coach. I think mm-hmm. it was his first or second year. Uh, you know, he was just saying all these great positive things, and that was uh, so. I, I was no longer on the board, but when I saw the coaching position come open, and I was a fan of Coach Boynton too, but uh, mm-hmm. i uh, i sent a uh, I sent an email to um, Robert Hill, the, the athletic director at the time, and I'm like. Hey, you ever thought about Kyle Keller? And I'm not trying to take credit because I had nothing to do with it. Because the response I got from Robert Hill was, "Oh yes, he's on our radar screen quite high." So, (laughs) and
0: uh, that's so funny. What a small world.
2: And and, I mean, you guys interact with him. I don't know how anyone. And I'm I'm a huge Coach Keller fan. Um, You know, definitely in the fan club. uh, But you guys interact with him way more than I ever have, and uh I, every time you have an interaction with him uh i've always come away and i've, 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 I've interviewed him before and i've talked mm-hmm. to him. you come away going man that's a great guy and that's the that's the right guy for this program the way he um is respected and interacts with the players uh to the way he handles himself i mean that's uh, and, and to the way he really fits in in Nacogdoches, and uh i it's i'm just a i'm just a big fan of Uh, His style uh, of of coaching and then that translates to, you know, we never lost, uh, you know, the trademark uh, hard defense. He was able to keep that going uh, through that transition and Mm -hmm. just uh, just just really like the guy.
0: Yeah, we've had the pleasure of hanging out with him, but not for three hours. So yeah. you, you definitely have us beat there because we've uh, we've never been able to sit down with him for three hours and talk his head off about college basketball. So I'm you, telling you,
2: if, if he does remember it, it's not a pleasant memory of his. And I'm sure he's tried to put it out of his mind that this guy won't shut up about uh, college basketball and SFA and. Uh, they they were going out to some I don't know if it was AAU they're going out to some big tournament where they you know a bunch of recruits were, were going to be out there they're going to go watch games and stuff like that that's why they were headed to Vegas uh, he wasn't going to gamble or anything like that but um, but yeah like like I said I almost hope he doesn't remember that because I'm sure I just uh, was was very annoying uh, but but I but I loved it I loved every second of it <laughs> you no
1: know, I'm, I'm sure he enjoyed it I don't know if he would.
0: He would uh make it three hours talking to the two of us. He probably wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> no, cause yeah, no, I he he'd be over it within thirty minutes. That's and that's being generous, honestly. Um, but that's so that's just so funny. What a small world that the fact you sat next to him for you know what would be our future head basketball coach for three hours and and you and you you knew him as a assistant coach or AM. You didn't know that he was gonna you know eventually actually be the coach nope. here. That's I have hilarious. No clue. Yeah, I love it. So I, re- I bet you he does remember you. He strikes me as the guy that remembers most people he interacts with, especially someone for three hours on a plane. Yeah. So I bet he does remember. That's fantastic, man, Richard. So, so glad that you're, that you're on and, and that you won the, that you're our first inaugural winner of our package, man. Cause it's, it's a, uh, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you at tailgate. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that you and Frito had a good time sitting there um, on court side watching the game. And what a game to watch, right? I mean, it was a absolute complete team win from buzzer to buzzer. I mean, from, from tip off to the buzzer, right? So um, with that being said, let's talk about the game.
1: All right. uh, Before we start, we did have two more special guests. We had Kyle.
0: I don't want to forget that. My bad.
1: Kyle from White Coop's Digest uh, got to come. I was so so glad he got to come. It sounds like he got to experience even more the wonderful Nacogdoches um, eating spots and all kinds of things.
0: He did. I'm glad Kyle came. We always love hanging out with Kyle and talking with him and chatting with him, especially Jacqueline. She had him cornered for about 25 minutes talking about the resume seating at tailgate. (laughs) He, he, he was sweating you were grilling him and he was sweating man
1: i got more comments on that too for this episode but yeah he, he was probably ready to get out of that combo but um anyhow we had Kyle there and i brought a friend Addie, to her first sfa game and she had such a good time And she's coming back wednesday so
0: that's awesome i'm glad she's coming okay good
1: yeah cool. so okay so oh wait we got, a, we got a
0: comment from sean
1: keller has a background okay cat's coming on it um Keller has a Matt Brown trait and he remembers everyone he encounters and will deliver a random story he's never told before. Almost always. Absolutely comical. Yeah, we'll have to ask him about it because um, I'm I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does remember it.
0: I'm telling you, 100% agreed. Um, <laughs> I 100% Um i might need Scotty to calm down.
1: I know. He is like really trying to hog the spotlight right now. Um so for general history and background info with uh, California Baptist, we really don't have much because this is only the second season that we've played them and only the second time we've played them because both last season and the season we've only played them once. Uh, so going in, we had one win and zero loss. Uh, we beat them last year on the road, 81 to 77. Um, so that that's the, that's the history that I got. Um, so now Alex can tell us about the, the wax standings and the wax
0: seating. Yeah, there was a lot going on in the WAC uh, this weekend. We talked a little bit about it on um, Saturday before our game on Sunday, but um, not too much has shifted in the standings aspect. Uh, Utah Valley still at the very tippity top at thirteen and three um, in the WAC conference standings. Uh, Sam Houston at twelve and four. Southern Utah eleven and five. We are tied now with Southern Utah, so now we are tied for third. Um, both at 11 and 5. Seattle U is now at 10 and 6. Grand Canyon 8 and 7. Tarleton 8 and 9. And then California Baptist 6 and 9. UTA 6 and 10. Abilene Christian 5 and 10. UTRGV 5 and 11. They've been playing a lot better the past few games, but unfortunately, you know they're still at the at the tippity bottom of the of the pack here. Uh, Utah Tech 4 and 12. And of course, as we all know, New Mexico State at the bottom because they ain't doing nothing. (laughs) But flipping over to the resume seating, um, there's been a little bit of a shift. A a small shift, if if you will. Uh, Utah Valley still at number one. Sam Houston still at number two. Southern Utah, three. Seattle U at four. And I'll be a monkey's uncle if SFA didn't move up to number five. (laughs) Finally, we moved up. That win yesterday put us ahead of Grand Canyon, who is now in the number six spot in the seedings by literally 23 points. 0.23 points. Love to see it. Love to see it. it. Now we just need to make sure that we continue to win and Grand Canyon continues to lose. (laughs) Because... I, I and, and if anybody else loses Seattle U they're ahead of us by like two points uh, Southern Utah the same the the difference between third and fourth seed is literally 5 point05 points um, so a lot can happen in the last couple games here fingers crossed that we can maybe escape and get that four seed maybe. I don't know if it's possible. I haven't done the math. I'm sure Connor can do the math because he's better at math than I am. Um, Because he did the math the other day and said that if we won, we would move up. So fingers crossed. We'll see. But it's crazy that we finally moved out of that dang six seed. We've been in that freaking six seed for so long. And I'm just glad that we have a little bit of movement. (laughs) Me too. We've been clawing our way back up into the standings there. So Good to hear this goofy
2: system really makes that loss to UT Arlington hurt even worse. It's not that's just it. a conference loss, but uh, because of, you know, things like that, it, it makes it even harder to climb that ladder. And uh, you, you can never, you can never convince me that this is the right way to seed your conference.
1: Me either. And we'll get deeper into that because I got, I got more notes on that, but
0: yeah. Uh, and 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 yeah, Jacqueline and I and Kyle had a long talk about this yesterday. And I mean, and I agree, it's probably not the best way. I, I get, I get what the what they were thinking of as the whack. But my, I have I have just a few issues about the timing of it. But um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get more into that. We'll get more into that for sure. It, it's just, um, it's just hard because if you have to win the games, you're supposed to win, especially at home. And if you lose at home, it's detrimental, like beyond detrimental. So anyway, let's All move right. on. For now.
1: All right. So general game notes, we had as our starting five. We had AJ, Dayday, Nigel, Trell, and Nana. We did win 82-58. Love to see it. Uh, our attendance, like we said, was better than it has been um, most of the games this season at 35-54. Uh, we will jump into Sean Kennedy's stats section. Want to extend a a big, like, get well soon and hope that Sean and Lisa are both, uh, bouncing back faster than I did. Again, Um,
0: the fact that they went and set up the tailgate feeling like absolute death warmed over for us was huge. Like, they didn't have to do that and they did that and we could not be more thankful that they did do that, um,
1: yeah. Uh, hey, Rick. Hey, ladies. Glad y'all are warm. LOL. yeah, I know. Sorry. It's 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 like a lovely 80 degrees down here. And I know you're freezing up there. So, yeah, I think it just
0: snowed up there, didn't it? Maybe, Probably. But I mean, yeah, definitely, uh,
1: appreciated and much needed uh, that that Sean dropped off all of his stuff. So not not mm-hmm. in vain. It was definitely used because we had we had a pretty good turnout. Um, we did. All right. So Sean Kennedy stat section, we had an overall field goal percentage of 53.4 to their 34.5. So pretty much 20 percent higher. Uh, Our three point percentage was 46.7 to their 29.2. So also almost 20 percent higher. Uh, Snowing now. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Bundle up, Rick. Uh, we had a free throw percentage of 78.6. We had 36 points in the paints, paint, paint uh, 23 points off turnovers, 10 second chance points, uh, which I felt like the the second chance points were higher. But anyhow, um, and I thought we had more fast break points than four, but still, still good uh, bench points. We had 19. We had 36 total rebounds, nine offensive and 27 defensive. We had 21 fouls. My favorite thing probably single digit turnovers at eight. Thank God. Oh, yes. Uh they had 15 turnovers. We had seven steals and two blocks. And our game leader in our Pilgrim's Pride player of the game was Nigel. Twenty-one points, three rebounds, five assists. Day Day uh was next in the points category with 15 points, one rebound, one block, two steals. We had AJ with 12 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. And I want to give a little shout out to Joel because he had eight rebounds, which I think is probably his highest for the season.
0: Oh, I guarantee. So obviously I would have to say my player of the game was Nigel. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Usually, usually, uh, Richard, we we go through and we talk about the Pilgrim's pride player of the game, um, but then we also give our player of the game if it's different or, or the same. Um, if you want to name a player of the game, too, go ahead. Who do you think player of the game?
2: You know, I, 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 nine for 12 shooting, um, you know, and uh, the, the type of defense they were playing. I, I, you can't you can't go anywhere else but uh, number zero for, for this one. Uh, he, he was outstanding. And that doesn't mean anyone else played poorly, but he was just, uh, uh, especially that uh, that the first few minutes of the second half where they just really, uh, you know, ran away with it, uh, he was just unstoppable.
0: You hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, Nigel was a force yesterday. He could not be contained. He was like an absolute terror on the court yesterday. Um, I mean, the only stats that he didn't have anything in were, were blocks and steals, but that's fine. We didn't need him to do that because he had 21 points. So, I mean, he almost had an, as many points as he was played in the game. He is he played for 27 minutes. He was almost, he was six points away from having a point per minute, which is, again, wild to me. Um, but, yeah, we had a bunch of guys who had really, really good games yesterday. Um, so, really yeah. proud of what I loved is everybody scored.
1: Everyone
0: Every, scored. Everybody scored. Even Jaleel, one point, baby. but he did so <laughs> much. We'll start. I'm going to start with Jaleel because he played really well. He played for 14 minutes yesterday, which again doesn't seem like a lot, but those 14 minutes were absolutely crucial, especially when Nonon needed a break. Um, he, yeah. you know, he had, eight, like you said, eight rebounds. Eight. Yeah eight rebounds. Um, yeah, and right. I think he also had a block, but it, they didn't count it or something. I don't know. But like he was in there just again, terrorizing people. Yeah. He played,
1: he played great. Uh, Before we start with the feats of strength on, on the last one, we did a, a new little segment with Rob one-liners, but um, for this one, since we were on ESPNU and had ESPN commentators, I want to, cover a few things that they talked about because they, they did a really great job. Um, really great. So we had we had David Paget and David Saltzman lamentating. Um, mm-hmm. So a few little notes I had. So first of all, they showed some great B-roll footage of the Lottie Nemola performance facility and they were really talking about how great it is and that it's just right on par with some power five conference facilities. Um, so that was awesome. They They talked about a little shout-out to women's basketball for SFA. Uh, They talked about our Duke win and how that affects our scheduling Um, and, you know, how it just makes it really difficult for us to to build a non-conference schedule. Um, Let's see. They talked about our three-point game within 30 seconds left at Kansas they talked about, uh, so I thought this was really nice that they mentioned this during, um, black history month, but they talked about Keller whenever he was at law tech having lunches with Eddie Robinson, who was the grambling head coach and Eddie Lloyd, which was the head coach he was under at law tech. Mm -hmm. Um, just how they kind of talked about some efforts to improve stuff at HBCUs and different racial relations and all that stuff. Um, they also talked about, uh, well, one funny one—they made a little dig at Hooton. They said he's been doing all he can in Huntsville, except making the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I was like, "Facts." Thank you for saying that. I don't think hey, you mean, but loved it. Um, and then they even talked shit about the the conference uh, seating formula or whatever that the wax using this season. And they said all this, all these same exact things that I said to Kyle. At the tailgate which is what's the point of having conferences if you're going to use this they were like well i'm not a math major but it's difficult it's confusing which i told kyle's well i haven't kept up with it because if something just seems too confusing to me i just don't i just don't dive in on it but they're like why exactly what i said why even have a conference if you're gonna judge it based off of all these other factors like it it only needs to be off of conference play. What's the, what's the point? Because then it places less importance on conference play, which is what should really matter. Like it's just basic math. It's making it too complicated.
0: No, yeah, I mean, well,
1: y'all share your your thoughts, but that's that's my thoughts. And they said it too, and they brought it up multiple times during the game. And I was like, I'm glad to know that the experts agree with every single thing I've been saying.
0: Yeah. And and even Kyle, he mentioned that obviously the WAC probably is going to do some tweaking to this after this first season with it in, because it's definitely posing some issues and some problems already that have arisen, um, especially with this, you know, whole aspect of New Mexico State too. all of a sudden at the end of the season, not finishing and how that kind of how that you know kind of shakes out, and my my uh, my biggest grievance with it, other than the fact that it's just confusing and it makes not a lot of sense when it, like you said when it comes to the conference itself, but is that they instituted it right after everyone already almost had their schedules full and done, whereas you you know you didn't give these schools an opportunity to be like oh crap we have this new thing starting. Let me make sure I go down and schedule teams that will help me in the standings and in the seating rather than hurt me. Um, And they talked
1: exactly that. And they pointed out, you know, what we've always been saying, how hard it is for us with our success beating these big teams that no one, no one worth getting points wants to come play us. So even if we had the heads up, it's still difficult. So
0: And, but that's a, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, but at least if we would have had more time, if they would have instituted it in, you know, next season in, in 2023, 2024, that at least given all the teams, not just SFA, I don't want this just to benefit us, but like all the teams, an adequate amount of knowledge ahead of time so that when they do sit down to work on the schedule, that they're taking that into consideration rather than, you know, just saying, well, we have a empty slot here. Let's just throw in an NAIA team or a division three team um, because we have no one else to go to. And it's not going to hurt us really when it comes to, you know, seedings for the tournament itself. I mean, it's just, it makes no sense. Like in that respect and that that's the main irritation I have to it. Again, I, I see, where they're going with it, but I just don't think that it, the way that they have it set up now is logical.
1: No, I totally agree. And especially since it's, it's a known fact that our conference is a one bid conference. Based on
2: when you're the whack, your goal is to be good enough to get your, your your tournament champion and an at-large. That's your goal. That's, that's where you want to be. So Mm -hmm. why would you stack the deck against, you know, teams where that could be a possibility? Um, You know, you you are when, when if they would have done a formula and it matched the actual standings, you know, then you don't need the formula. But you're encouraging What What happens is you're giving greater weight to home games, but. When they have to play the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, those aren't home games. You want the team that's playing the best at the end of February, beginning of March. Those are the ones that have the best chance to represent you and why you would penalize a team that has a better record because it's one of those things, either everybody needs to do it this way or no one does it this way, but you're penalizing some teams that actually is going to hurt your conference it's going to hurt your conference when you have a higher seed that may do you know better in the tournament or you get two teams that are playing each other too early in your conference tournament where either one of those teams could have won and you're knocking out your chance to get an at-large. And um, like I said, the records don't really beg for an at-large this year, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't have. Uh, and as being part of when, when SFA first went to the NCAA tournament, I was, um, you know, close to the program back then I was on the board mm-hmm. and it was funny. We, we talked to the, uh, the head coach at the time back then. And he says, he comes back to you that we were very late, uh, publishing our schedule. And he says, no one will play us now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, the curse of success and definitely no one will play you at your place. Maybe some big t- schools will let you come to them, but they're not going to come to you. And so it, with that difficulty, and then you're putting another handcuff on some of these teams by this goofy seating system, it just doesn't make sense. And I I, I don't see the point of hurting your teams that might have a chance of, uh, of having that better record. You want them to take a better schedule. I kind of get that if you're going to do strength, of schedule, but when they are picking at large teams, They don't take that into, they, they take, they do look at the schedule, but then if you have too many conference losses, you're automatically disqualified. And so I I just don't see where this is a good thing for the conference. Maybe a good idea, but boy, they they didn't implement it well.
1: No, I I totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm glad you made a really good point that it to give our conference the best, uh, the best foot forward with the best opportunity of team that could get into the tournament. It should be based on how that team's doing towards the end of conference, because that's, first of all, that's like the timely, that's where you are. And within a week, you would be playing in the tournament. So your success at the beginning of the season could be irrelevant by then. You could have lost players due to injury. You could have lost players due to transfer portal teams could have gotten stronger by the end of conference and be at a higher level then. Uh, Maria Delgado says the real problem is power five teams don't want to play WAC teams, high mid majors will not play WAC teams. I know we're glad that that someone else feels our frustration on that because, uh, that it's not, it's dumb. The WAC will never get more than one team in the NCAA tournament and get higher seed, and they will get as a 12. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly what we were discussing
0: yesterday. I mean, yeah, and 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 they're like, well, yeah, we want to Kyle said that we want to, you know, try to be in a better position to get a 12 seed. I'm like, listen, SFA has been a 12 seed in the Southland. Like you're, you're talking like this is like an unrealistic thing. Like it's very realistic. And uh, how many times have we beat a five seed as a 12 seed?
1: Yeah. Because I mean, we've gone in, we've gone in more times as a, as a higher up seed than 16, than we haven't like we've gone in as a 12 and a 14. I don't even think we've ever gone in as a 16 seed.
0: If we have, it was a, wh-
1: long time ago last, and that I not recall. Yeah. The last few times, at least I think we were, I know we were 12 and then I think we were 14 months.
0: Yeah. But, you know, obviously they don't ask us our opinion, unfortunately, the whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, ju- I just, I do hope that they do what Kyle thinks that they're going to do and, and definitely reevaluate the seating system and tweak it after this season um, to make more sense and make more logical progression or sense when it comes to the conference, start, you know, and 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 stop punishing teams who stop punishing teams who can't schedule bigger schools to play um because of their success. And if that's the case, you want to keep the system the way it is, help them schedule them. Like get on the horn as commissioner or whoever the hell you are and be like, hey, we need some teams, we need some games. Home, away, doesn't matter help us schedule these games. I mean, like, we can only do so much, you know. Sam Houston, well, they'll be gone. But, like, you know, these other teams that have success, I mean, ACU, Tarleton, um, you know, some of those guys played really, really good teams this year. And, you know, and then all over here, we're stuck with playing freaking NAIA teams from nowhere USA. I mean, it's just, it doesn't really make sense because of, we're basically getting punished for being too good. And that's just wild. Uh, Rick says we've never been a, a 16 or a 15. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I agree. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's just, we're, we're never going to get. Yeah. <laughs> it,
1: There's a it, dissertation on that, whether you wanted it or not.
0: Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that this takes up, so much of our mental energy because it's just so dumb. Um, but anyway, so, but it also, it's also not going to go anywhere. Like the, they've already instituted it. It's here. So unless they tweak it or just completely get rid of it, which I sh- would be shocked if they did, it, we're just going to have to get used to it, unfortunately. And I really, but I really do hope that they do tweak it because it needs tweaking. But if they don't, then we're just going to have to live with it. And till we move conferences or something like there's no other there's no other way around it unfortunately yeah. so yeah um but, all right let's 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 continue talking um uh marie it's it, she said why can't sfa move to another conference i mean it's not like we can't but i mean i feel like it would just not benefit us to move to another conference right now like we just got to the whack
1: yeah, I don't, I don't see it soon on the horizon because, I, I mean, I think we're happy with the the move that we made to the WAC for
0: now. Yeah, I don't think the seating thing is going to be the main reason why we would move. Um, it would be for the benefit of the entire athletic department, not just basketball, if we move. Um, so, and I don't foresee that happening right now. Maybe now with us being part of the UT system coming up, that may help us budget-wise in order to move to it because you have to have money. you you gotta have money. You gotta have backing, gotta have supporters. You gotta have, you know, some sort of budget to do that. And if we don't have the budget, then why would we do that? You know, setting us up for failure. Um, so, all right. So let's continue to talk about the strengths of the game. We were, we quickly mentioned Jaleel. He had a great rebounding game. Um, Love when he gets in there and he gets good minutes in because it really shows that he um, is is getting over his injury and, and really starting to produce and, and be a good addition to the, the lineup there. Um, let's see. Who else can we chit-chat about?
1: Let's talk. Well, so to start off the game, uh, we started out with great defense, and we really did have great defense the whole game. But, um, I mean, we That's scored right. two, two turnovers in the first three possessions. Um So that was great. And then the, the announcers did us some, you know, some loving shout outs and mentioned how we're third in the country on forced turnovers. So.
0: Yeah. Press U was definitely back in the building, baby. Um, You know, compared to their eight points off turnovers, California Baptist, I mean, we had 23. So that's, that's a nice, that, I mean, that's basically the difference in the game right there.
2: It was a you know? really – it was it was back and forth almost all of the first half. We didn't pull ahead until – I mean, with like two and a half minutes left, it was a one-point game. And yeah. by the time – and then it was up to like eight by halftime. And really, it they just turned it – they turned up the defense. The defense was good, um, but we wore theirs down. And I really think the difference – was our backcourt was faster and 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 you know better with the ball than theirs was, and that's where their turnovers came from. Was uh, you know that um, you know that Armstrong, one of the one of the two Armstrong Tasmanians, um, you know just couldn't handle that press, and uh, and then it got a little chippy, and then after it got a little chippy, and they had a little uh, you know a little pushing and shoving uh after that they were done um yeah and, you know we, we we never looked back after that
1: yeah no you're right and it, it literally was almost exactly two and a half minutes left in the first half when we finally kind of separated and i i do have to give a shout out that coach jessic's wife had just shown up and sat behind us when we made that turnaround so i turned around to her and i was like i'm glad you came because as soon as you came we we just turned the corner uh For real so i guess she brought us some good luck but
2: he's a show up early wednesday
1: i know yeah but you're right we we totally shut down number one um he only had seven points and two assists uh and then the announcers mentioned that he leads the whack and assists per game so that was that
0: was and yeah Uh, apparently he apparently is supposedly like one of the number one draft picks And I'm like, what? I forget who said that. Somebody said that after the game, and even said that to Jaleel, saying like, "Yeah, like so much for that number one draft pick for number one. Like his stock, he ain't he ain't shit." And Jaleel or uh, Trout was like, "Uh, yeah, like that was all he had. That that he was nothing, man. And he talked a lot of talk, and he was talking a lot of crap. And I was, I literally wanted him to just." just go away because his him and his brother's faces were just so punchable I, I it's just so punchable and again and he's messing with our team he's talking to crap to the bench and he was just being a instigator and that just comes back from the frustration of just not being able to get anything to go down and he i don't even know what his ending points were let me go back and look yeah. he had, and he only so had and
1: two assists. Yeah, I said that a second ago, and he had five turnovers. Which the yeah. next person after him on the team only had two. So, mm-hmm.
0: so uh, Brian was right when he called him a walking turnover.
1: Most definitely. Yeah, we have one of our friends sitting behind us uh, heckling him for pretty much the entire game, <laughs> yelling at them to put him put their number one back in because he was he was giving us the most uh, turnovers. Uh, Rick said, at the end of the day, our conditioning is better. That's true, too. And we we brag almost every podcast on uh, Cody, our strength and conditioning coach, because he works wonders. Those, Those guys are ripped and cut and can outrun any... Any team that we
0: play, really ripped and cut, <laughs> straight out of the mouth of Jacqueline Parton. Ripped I want.
1: I have said every time we mention it, I I want the workout plan and meal plan because I need I need the abs that the, our guys have.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's facts. Um, yeah, it, and and Rick's right. I mean, obviously, it showed that our hustle, our conditioning, our our workouts are paying off because they just couldn't keep up. They just could not keep up with our brand of defense, could not keep up with with the fast pace that we put on them. And it, they were they were losing it, man. They were losing it. Um, they only had two guys in double digits, uh, number three and number 12, which number 12, um, he started off pretty good with like some threes, but then he, his three-point percentage went down. I mean, he, he was only three for nine, uh, but he did have a couple good threes, so good for him. But we ain't talking about them. We're talking about us. Um, <laughs> Who else? Let's see here. Oh my gosh! Let's talk about
1: let's talk about Day Day for a second. So yeah, I was, was going
0: to say you read my mind. Yeah, Day Day.
1: So he didn't he didn't score his usual like high points. I mean, he was second high point.
0: I mean, he had 15 points. Jackie. What do you yeah. want from the county?
1: Not his usual is like wild in itself, but um, he had a great game. The announcers spoke super highly of him. Uh, they mentioned how he's top 30 in the nation in field goal percentage. And they were dubbing him the best post-up guard in the country. And I have to agree. That's big. Yeah.
0: For, for ESPN guys and analysts to say that say that about our day-day, my God. So uh, the only thing that I – not the only thing I have to say about day-day, but this is literally a direct quote from Sadadrian Hall after the game. He came over doing the the typical – Um, you know, handshakes and high fives and hugs that happen after the game. And the first thing out of his mouth to me says on your on your uh, your your podcast or on your your tele, whatever he called it, I don't even know what he called it, he said, make sure you say that day day is hood ready. and as much as I would love to know and to, to lie and say, I know what that means. <laughs> um, I'm just a little white girl from Nacogdoches. I don't know what hood ready means, but day, day does. And he says that he is hood ready. So.
2: He's probably cracking that. up right now that you said it.
0: He probably is. I don't know. but he's yeah, he said, make sure that he meant that I mentioned that he's hood ready. So everybody watch out. My bro, my boy days hood ready. Um, yeah, no, he is just an absolute freak. And we were during the game, we even said it, like we were all talking about it, us and, and, you know, Brian and all them behind us, just his footwork is just pristine. It's insane. We've said this before. We'll say it again. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a player like him, to be honest with you. I, you know, he is just so special, so special. You know, I love, we're lucky to have him. honestly.
1: Very, very, um, Okay, let's talk about uh, Trell for a second. So Trell had a great note no, it pass to Day-Day for an assist oh, while we're talking about Day-Day. Oh, so, so good. And Trell, he had some great, like, mid-range jumpers. Um, he had a great step-back jump shot, a fabulous steal and fast break. Um, he had a couple of great drives. Mm-hmm. You have to say, however, I'm afraid that maybe I jinxed him for the game by wearing my Trell shirt because he didn't, he didn't have any threes for the night.
0: So – yeah, like, let's, let, let's not wear it to Vegas then. I guess. Yeah,
1: it's retired for the season for now.
0: But. Retired for the season. My, mine's fine because uh, he he played well when I wore mine, but I think maybe it's just yours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I do, I do hate that Trell didn't have any threes. But yet again, a lot of times, like we've mentioned, a lot of even if the points aren't there, he totally makes up for it in his defense. I mean, he is on you like White on Rice, him and AJ are just on people like White on Rice, man, and they just they they don't stop. They they don't stop. Literally, I don't even know when the first time when AJ came out of the game, but it was not it was not it was pretty soon after the game started. Like it was maybe like 3 4 minutes in. And AJ was dripping in sweat. Yeah. Like dripping. And I turned to Jacqueline. I was like, Jesus, AJ is literally dripping in sweat. And the game just started a few minutes ago. Like he was spitzing pretty hardcore. Um,
1: Hard. So a few things, but before we move on from drill that the announcers did say, so they they gave him some shout outs. So maybe they jinxed him also. I don't know. Probably. They mentioned how he's fifth in the nation on three pointers. Uh, He's second leading scorer and assist on our team. Um, so yeah, he's doing great all the way around. Uh, and we can transition into to AJ's game off of that note. Um, mm-hmm. he had some great free throws. Let's see.
0: He was 100% of his free throws. Yeah.
1: A great little step back, uh, three, a great steal and a fast break. So going into the half when we had that seven Oh run, he had all seven of our points on that seven Oh run.
0: He did. He played amazing. He did. Um, I would also like to say that I'm really proud of everyone because there was not a single person that got four fouls, which is rare for us. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, normally we have multiple people in foul trouble. We had a bunch of people with three fouls, but nobody with four. So shout out to us for not getting into serious foul trouble. Very much appreciate it. Um, but yeah, no, AJ AJ is just an absolute ball of energy and fire he doesn't quit. He don't. I don't think he know. I don't think quits in his dictionary or in his like file of that. You know, uh, of words. He he is an absolute workhorse, and I mean they all are, but he he's nuts, man. He played 24 minutes. I mean, like I said, 100 on his free throws, um, and 12 points. Just showing up exactly where we need him when we need him. When when he's on the court, when he's leading, when he's point, everything runs smoother and. You know, it. He's just an absolute amazing addition to our team. Totally,
1: yeah. He, he played great. Um, let's see. I have a- Richard. Yeah.
0: Do you have any thoughts about Day Day or 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 Trell or or J or Juice? What what's what's great
2: about um, if you're an opposing team, you've got to hate when it's time to play SFA oh. because there's not one guy that you can say, okay, we'll, we'll shut this guy down and we'll be fine. Hmm. Uh, because you can try to shut Day-Day down and you'll have A.J. And last night it was Nigel's night. Uh, you, know, who, you know, Nana can have a big game, something like. And then you also hate that you are going to expend every last bit of energy just trying to move the ball around when you're on offense, going against that, that, you know, that press and, and going against that defense. Um, people are not happy to see SFA roll up on their schedule next, and yeah. and it's it's a even if you do, you know, and, and we have we've had a few losses. Um, you're not that's not an enjoyable evening um, because yeah. there's not like the game coming up. I know you guys. I don't want you to jump into the preview, but you know um, they're they're kind of a you know they, they're a very good team but you know where the ball's going. Mm. You know, most, most times, you know, where that ball's going. We're yeah. not like that. Um, you know, it, it's nice to see uh, that complete game, like you mentioned. And eventually as this team keeps evolving, there's going to be the one guy and it may not be the same guy every night, but the one guy that's going to step up uh, and, and take a close game, put the team on their shoulders and and make sure they win. And that's, that's going to be like the next step of this. And, uh, you know, it, it was nice to, you know, Nigel couldn't miss, but you're right, A.J. took over the end of the first half and put him in a position where they could, uh, you know, be themselves, play looser. You know, they had a little bit of a cushion. And uh, it was uh, it, it was great to see, you know, the offense clicking uh, along with the defense. And the turnovers, they do turn the ball over a little more usually from the other team, Mm -hmm. Um, but boy, they took a, you know, they forced them into, and I think, I think that was even made reference to in the post-game press conference, how many bad shots SFA forced them into Uh, all their shooting percentage was, was, was low because of that. Uh, You know, they, they didn't get any easy looks and uh, that's another trademark of having to play SFA is you're not going to get easy looks.
0: No, I mean, we're going to make you work for it. I, even if we're losing the game, we're going to make you work for that win. And you're going to leave that game either, you know, as the other team victorious and absolutely dog tired, or you're losing and you are absolutely dog tired. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, so, and and that's just the type of defense that Keller runs. And that's just the type of defense that we're known for. And you know what I mean? And, Most of the time it comes out in our favor, thank God. And last night was one of those situations. And towards the end of the game, and they were just throwing up desperation shot after desperation shot, not set, hand in the face, constantly just, you know, they, they were running around like crazy people, like wild men, trying to get anything to fall into the bucket. And it just wasn't happening because we just would not let it. And that is exactly the defense that we need against Sam Houston on on uh, next week, on Wednesday, because, man, oh, man, yeah, you're right. They got one, maybe two guys. But as you've seen so far this season, we have multiple guys that can have that game. I mean, we just had Nigel last night have a game of a season, right? Then you have guys like AJ who have games of the season. You have guys like Rati who can come up and have a fire game too, Trell, obviously, we know what he can do. Um, Day-Day, I mean, it's just, it's an endless source of guys who can step up at any moment's notice. You know, one guy's getting in foul trouble, the next guy up, you know, he comes in and, and takes over. Even the guys on the bench, even the guys on the bench. I mean, you let Jalil loose and he's going to have, you know, 10 plays for 10 more minutes and have 10 more rebounds. I mean... He, guys like robbie come in like absolute terrors and just start just making people look stupid because he's flying around the court like a crazy man blocking shots creating you know uh situations chaos he's he's literally he's literally chaos in, in, a, in a in a jersey um and so yeah I, I i couldn't help but agree jacqueline do you have any other positive notes before we move on
1: Yeah, let's talk really quick about some of our bench players. So since you mentioned Robbie, yesterday he had some great help on defense. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He had some great rebounds. He had four rebounds. He was 100% from the free throw line. He had that absolutely sick block that was totally worth the foul.
0: Totally worth it. 100% worth the foul. 100%. I'll take that foul from him any single day. He has the most – ridiculous. other than Trell, he has the most ridiculous celebrations. That's all I got to say. Like, no. Trell has, like, normal celebrations when he hits a three. But, like, when Robbie does anything, blocking, a rebound, you know, a layup, his celebrations are just over the top. And I'm just, again, surprised he has not been called. <laughs> Cause yeah. it, he's no. a wild man.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so we had, we had some great shots from Rati, from Derek, from Matt. Matt had a great three. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of great stuff off the bench, uh, and my last little good note uh, for Nana. So first of all, the two-handed
0: slam. Oh. Which, by the way, which by the way, there I had multiple people message me right after that slam because they saw all of us jump up and do Arr! like that behind the behind the bench, and I had multiple people text me and be like, "I see you freaking out behind the bench with your arms over." That's i was like oh god i forgot this was televised and i was like and we're right behind the bench yeah i had multiple people and literally every single uh every single video that was posted from the sva basketball account every time you could see
1: uh, yeah i'm gonna have to go through and watch them all i haven't done that yet um and then so the, the commentators you know uh talked about Nana on about his father for uh, a few seconds so that was really nice they you know, mentioned uh, how his, his dad moved here from Ghana at age 37 and then ended up getting four degrees. Now, uh, Dr. Kwame's head of the government department, SFA, um, all that. But they mentioned one little tidbit that I I must be living under a rock because I haven't heard this. But did, did you know that Nana's nickname is the mayor?
2: I hadn't heard that.
0: I hadn't heard that. I was like, I haven't heard that one. But now we know. What's he's the, what is he the mayor of? Like. I guess,
1: Nacogdoches, I don't, or, Lane? I don't. know. <laughs> I
2: don't know.
0: Mayor of the paint? Paint, paint? I mean.
2: A sawmill? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny. I didn't know that was his nickname. We just called him na-na-na-na-na Batman. I didn't, well, did not know you, Mr. Mayor.
1: Yeah, they said they talked to him before the game and that his nickname was the mayor, so.
0: It's probably because everybody knows him because he's from NAC. I think so too, probably.
1: So maybe yeah. like mayor of campus or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like he had—he's one of the most recognizable faces around Nacogdoches because he literally grew up here. Yeah, yeah. He's a hometown kid. What are you gonna do? Um. Okay, great. Was that uh, all you had? So we can move on.
1: You have anything else, Richard, on the feats of strength?
2: I'm good. No, it was it was, it was great to see. That was a uh, that was a highlight reel dunk, and uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of. I, I thought he was going to go up for the three and I, I he passed it up and now, you know, it was, it was a good decision because uh, it was wide open and that's, you know, that's probably what uh, got played on ESPN all night last night. Exactly. Probably.
1: And he had already gotten that three for the game and uh, the, the commentators were sure to say that, you know, he only takes about four or five threes a season. So um, that he was, he was wanting to try to get a few more in. So I'm, I'm glad he got that one.
0: Yeah. Cause usually when he takes them, he makes them. So, It's not often. Um, All right, moving on. Next segment, talking about... Begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now,
1: you're going to hear about it.
0: You. All right, so Jacqueline, take it away. I mean, obviously, the game was a dub, so I don't have a lot of grievances, but I do have a few, but I'm sure Jacqueline does too. So, go ahead. I I
1: don't have... Excuse me, I don't have many either, but a few small ones. Um, so during the game, I made a note that we were letting Trey Armstrong make too many threes. Looking at the stats, he only made two of five, which is not that bad. Um, I just you know, we've discussed this before. The defense that we run, there are a lot of times that on the weak side, there is someone open, wide open for three. And so when they make them that wide open, it feels like it's a lot more than it really is.
0: Yeah. I mean, they only had seven total, but dang, if you would have told me that last night they only had seven, I would have said you're lying because it did feel like they had a bunch. And you're right. I mean, it's because of our defense. And it just felt like those threes were just, they just kept coming, especially in that first half. Um, But yeah, they only had seven total. Which I felt like it was way more. Um, the other couple grievances I have, obviously, were the um, the the number of um, personal fouls. I mean, we had more than them. We had twenty one, and they had seventeen. I mean, but again, it, it didn't feel like there were that many. But thankfully, their free throw percentage wasn't as good as ours, and they only. Uh, had 68% to our 78. So we we did a lot better on that, but still grievance. Um, another grievance, obviously, and it's not like a knock to him. It's just a grievance because I wish that he would have been able to hit one of the four that he tried, but Trell with not hitting any of those four threes that he attempted. Um, you just don't normally see that from him. But, you know, again, gonna have an off game on the threes. It's, it's not always gonna be guaranteed. Um, and then uh, we
1: had a few too easy drives to the basket for them, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. That I didn't love. The the only ref, the only main refereeing complaint I had was that there were several times that they were either hand checking, grabbing the jersey, grabbing the player. Mm-hmm. And you'll know how I don't like that because that's what gets people heated up. Um, which kind of leads me into the the double tech now.
0: I was just about to say the double tech situation is my main grievance. Yes. but
1: so uh, I will I will say this though when I watched it back, I saw more clearly what all happened, and I'm actually going to disagree with the commentators and what they said because when uh, I was rewatching it back, the commentators were both kind of saying. We don't think there should be any tech called at all. They should just call the personal foul and move on. There wasn't anything that egregious, whatever. Um, I actually do agree with them calling the double tech. So whenever I watched it back, Day Day actually did initiate it because he Hmm. swatted the ball out of the dude's hand. And then, which maybe the guy said something to him first, but then he walked over and like swatted the ball out of his hand. And that's when the dude turned and kind of bowed up and day, Day did like put his arms up at that moment. But I'm like, you already went in swatting the ball. So you knew he was, he was going to match that energy. So I do agree with the, the referees calling a double tech there because that's really a moment where, especially if you've been, which they shouldn't have been letting all the hand checking and grabbing calls go on unwhistled, but that's their moment where they really have to take control of the game and set the tempo that there's not going to be any back and forth. And it, it really didn't injure either team because since they called a double tech, there were no shots. So well,
2: thanks to the two of you. I was about 10 feet away from it when it happened.
0: Right. I was about to ask what your thoughts were on it.
2: And, and so I, I saw the, the opposite side of, uh, of where, where you were. So What started it was literally about five seconds before that. The, um, one of the Armstrongs really just, just dribbled in and pushed off.
1: He did. Uh, He pushed pushed AJ down.
2: He pushed him down. Uh, and then, you know, they readjusted. And then he flings an elbow and he, 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 he swung the elbow and that's what got And, you know, then it was, I don't even think it was, uh, well, yeah, he pushed AJ and then that's when day day comes over and I, I couldn't see the swatting of the ball, but he was coming over to say, you know, first you, first you knock him down. Now you're swinging an elbow. And that's why I thought it was, they went over to look, not just uh, what was going on, but they were looking to see if the elbow was going to be a flagrant. Um, it, it, when they went to the, the scores table, uh, because he literally came out with it and, uh, I, I always think that the double tech is just kind of their uh, easy way out. It's um, totally a cop out. Yeah, I think it is.
1: More, but it's more—I feel like just to make a point that, like, hey, we're going to make a call that's not going to injure either of you. But it's more to make a point that this is the tone going forward, and
2: it's just trying make- to calm everything down. And and you know, to an extent, it did. But I, I also think that it was uh, it it was a spark because they were flat. Um, not only the rest of the half, but the rest of the game, uh compared to what what uh, SFA did. so um, yeah. it it, it yeah. was a motivator it 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 appeared uh, because that's when right after that, right after uh, AJ got knocked down, uh, you said it yourself, uh you know, he ran ran off seven straight. Yeah, So
1: and,
2: knock well, me down some more.
1: That was like 30 seconds before, so I think he'd done most of the scoring then, but another thing that was even funnier about the whole thing is they they initially blew the whistle for the offensive foul from him pushing down AJ, then they went to review it for whatever reason and assess the double technical, but then in reviewing it, they actually called him traveling before he even did the offensive foul.
2: Yeah.
0: So... It was just one big cluster. And I think my main issue with, I mean, I don't mind the double tech. I mean, I get why they did it, but at the, you know, I I do think sometimes that's the easy way to go about it, but I I, I get why they did it. And I, I understand it. Um, but my main issue with Armstrong number one is, is he was already before that happened. He was already being an instigator and talking smack because right after he made a bucket, he literally turned to the entire bench and was talking and jawing to them. And I'm literally flipping my lid over there on the the sidelines behind the bench saying, I mean, are you literally the rep is right there, said nothing to him. I mean, when you turn and you're talking shit to the bench directly, I mean, that right there should be ding, yeah,
1: and you know we like I mentioned earlier, he's supposed to be leading an assist, and we held him to two assists, only seven points, turned the ball over five times. I mean, we had we had him agitated, and he was not he was yeah. liking it. He was not used to that, and he was not responding well, um, which is exactly what we want to do. So that was great. Um, and then he he really actually lucked out that they went and reviewed. Um, that, because if he would have gotten the, the personal foul for the offensive, uh, charge and the tech, he would have been at three fouls going in halftime, but since they reviewed it and saw that he traveled first, he, he got off scot-free on that foul.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just again, blown away. I, I got to remember who said something about him being in, Either like a a first rounder draft pick, yes. I mean, like if, if that's if that's what you call a first round draft pick kind of guy, like what type of standards are we? I, I, didn't look great to me, and I mean, maybe it just that's in a testament to our defense and just shut him down and made him look like a you know a pee wee basketball player. But you know, I think the the kids that came out at halftime uh, that played for the rec probably could have outshot him. To be fair.
1: Yeah, I, I was not overly, <coughs> overly impressed. I'm about to pull up the roster because I didn't even think he was a—he was a senior. He's only a sophomore. So what are they talking about him being a draft pick?
0: I—I don't—I don't know. Like someone said that to me at the end of the game and mentioned about something about a draft pick or a first rounder or he's been highly coveted. Uh, over as, Eleven
2: wasn't any better.
0: Exactly. Like the whole Armstrong team was just in the poop shoot. Um, weird. but, but yeah, I, like I said, I don't have a lot of grievances. That whole tech situation was my main one. Um, and I mean, anytime we can, we can have a absolute shellacking like that and, and get a win. Uh, I've, I've we've Jacqueline, I've talked about this before. Like we love close games because we love like the, you know, the anxiety of it, the, the, the fire, the passion, the, the all of it, of it. But sometimes we just want a good old fashioned absolute butt kick. Just to not to sit back, not worry, not have to not have to be anxious about it, and just to sit back and watch a 20 to you know 30 point victory come across the screen. Sometimes we just prefer that. Um, so but Richard, anything on, on your end that you saw that you think that they should be improved upon or worked on? When you,
2: when you said grievance, the double tech was the only thing that popped into my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. <laughs> Usually the officiating is going to be the top of my grievance, but um, it, it, that was really the only main one that we actually no. There was a bunch of travels that they didn't call to. So there's that.
1: They did miss multiple travels, which I didn't a like. A lot.
0: A lot of travels.
1: So my only last. Well,
2: they, point, they, oh. missed a, they missed a couple extra steps, but. The, the one that I usually don't see missed like that. And maybe it was because again, I was that much closer to it. Um, there was, there was at least twice I saw dragging the pivot foot. Uh, mm. and, and a lot of times you, you, you may not see that call, but um, you know, I, I saw that uh, there, I, th- I think uh, I called him the, uh, the great value pal Gasol at number 10 that they had. Um, he, he got in there a couple times, and he would move around, and he would, you know, he he drag oh, yeah. his pivot foot, you know, a foot down, you know, while he was trying to find someone to pass the ball to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was uh, I I had I had said uh, great value Pal Gasol, and then uh, guy behind, uh, kind of a little down from me, actually in the stands, he got on number twelve, and he was calling him uh, Bucktooth Chris Tucker. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I was, uh,
0: I, I, and the best I, – Richard, I know exactly who you're talking about over there. There's two boys that have been coming to all the games all season, and they stand right there behind the, you know, the floor seats. Yeah. And they stand back there the whole time just absolutely heckling and talking smack the entire time. So I know exactly who you're talking about. That's funny. And they yeah. never
2: cross the line. No. They never – you know, they, they, they never are obscene. They never – but they are pretty funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they, they know exactly what they're doing. They, they know, they know to the art of the heckle.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. awesome. to hear. Um, I
1: love it. So my last one, and it, I, I just have to give a little, uh, what, what do you call it? like a, um, a sidebar on it? It's not necessarily a grievance because I, I love this player. He's one of my favorites. It's just more of, Something that I know will be improved upon, and I'm I'm ready to see the improvement. Because so I know it will happen, and it's there. But uh, Robbie made a lot of great moves to the bucket last night that he just couldn't finish. Um, but yeah. I know that's coming, and he's the only way he's going to get there is to keep making the moves until he perfects it and get, gets the shots to fall. So I want him to keep doing it. I just, I'm ready to see that happen. And he took that three, and I wanted it for him so bad. I know. I know.
2: They just yeah. weren't falling. They were. They were mm-hmm. nothing wrong with what he was doing. He was getting. He was getting the open look, and it they just weren't falling.
1: But that—that's probably the most moves to the bucket I've seen him take in a game. Um, so I'm I'm glad to see it, and it's, it's just going to take a little more repetition, little time, and repetition of him doing it. For him.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and. You know, and he's only been back playing, you know, regular minute. I mean, honestly, I didn't even see him play at all at the ACU game. Um like he was there, but I don't think he went in at all. So I mean, I don't know why. So I mean he he he's not he's not always in the game for very long. So it just it helps just repetition wise, the more playing time competition the better he'll be. And the more, you know, rehabbed he'll be from his injuries. So, and that's another main thing. I mean, we were so injury plagued the first half of the season, Jesus Pete, that all these, you know, players are back now that are, you know, that were in injury. And, and, and it's just one of those things where, you know, they still have to be careful. They don't want to re-injure themselves. But I, you know, Jacqueline, I talk about this all the time. Like, all those guys they are all competitors and they don't want to just sit on the bench and, and be bumps on a log. Like they want to be in the game contributing. And so whenever they get pulled out or they come sit because they need to, because they're either literally falling over out of breath or they've been in so long and they need to take a breather and get some water and maybe put, you know, some icy hot on their knee, Um, you know, they hate it. (laughs) They always get so, man, half the time they come off with just such angry faces. And I'm like, they just, cause they're just competitors and they want to be on the court. But, um, and I get that. Yeah. They just have to be careful not to hurt themselves at the end of the day, which that's, I mean, if I have another grievance, that's, that's just it is that, so you know, sometimes we overplay the ball so much. And I'm like, man, if they don't calm down, they're going to hurt themselves. They overplay some of the plays, you know, there was one that was like a, you know, a dump in to Nana. And it was just both, both guys overplayed it. I don't know if it was AJ or if it was Trell or whoever, whoever was trying to pass into Nana into the paint, Nana would just overplay it. And so did. And so was the pass. And it just, that was another turnover. Uh, thankfully we only had uh, eight, right? Yeah. Which I'll take it baby. But yeah, just need to try not to overplay the, the ball and, and the, and the play so much. But I know sometimes that's hard when you have, when you're the tempo and the momentum is so like, it's so rapid that, you just can't stop yourself. Your body's just ahead of your feet sometimes. So it happens.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, while you were talking about injuries, one one more thing I should have mentioned on the feet of strength and I forgot, but um, we have had so, like you said, we've had so many players injured this season. And I just want to take a quick second to talk about how well all of them are doing coming back from their injuries. But I especially should have mentioned Jalil because the announcers mentioned how he had missed two months of the season Mm -hmm. and us being so in it just game to game. It's like, you kind of forget the whole overview of it. And I had really kind of forgotten or just not consciously thought about in a while, how long he had been out. And he really did super well yesterday, especially all those rebounds and thinking about being out for two months with a broken foot, the conditioning that he had to do to get back in there to be able to play the, you know, even the 14 minutes that he did yesterday at the pace that we play
0: Hmm.
1: really bounces back. So that has to be mentioned.
0: Uh, no, I actually agree. And I, we obviously have to do a shout out to our, you know, our sports medicine and our sports training staff, because they are the unsung heroes sometimes of, of athletics and sports, because I mean, they're the ones doing all of the, you know, the planning and the, and the preparing oh. and, the, and the grunt work and getting people prepared and back and on onto the, the playing field or the court. So, Shout out to them. Uh, also, shout out to Mr. Whitaker, uh, who is one of our favorites in the stands, which is Jacoby's dad. You may hear him during the during the games. His favorite sayings are, it's free, baby, and how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? You may have heard him yesterday, Richard. If not, uh, he sits kind of like over our left shoulder, kind of like in the middle corner of uh, – of of the stands and, uh,
2: I I know you're. T- I I saw him uh, at the uh, Grand Canyon game. Okay. okay. Oh, but, he went. To the- yep. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. He even he even got a little uh, chit chat in with one of the referees last night.
0: Yeah. We were laughing. About right. Oh my god. Thank you. Remember that. Oh my god, that was the best part. The referee came over to get some water out the little uh, jug, and literally he is just hounding him, hounding him, hounding him, and the referee is just being nice and just talking back to him, and 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 you know, not being, you know, it wasn't like Mr. Whitaker was being disrespectful or anything. He was just hounding him, and it was the funniest thing.
1: (laughs) He saw his opening and he jumped
0: right in. Oh yeah. Oh, he'll jump right in, man. I mean, he he he'll he'll heckle and talk smack to everybody. He'll talk, he doesn't matter. He'll come over and talk smack to me. I mean, he doesn't care. So, but he he's a good guy. He's he's hilarious though. Good for, He's 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 a wild one. Um All right, cool. So, Richard, normally at the end when we talk about, you know, the strengths and then we talk about the grievances, we usually try to summarize this game into one word. Like if you can think of one word, one you know, adjective, one descriptor word to describe the game, the experience, everything. This is what this is when we usually say it. So, Jacqueline, do you have a word?
1: I'm just going to say I think I'm just going to say success to cover all aspects of the day. The The game, the endings, the ending score, everybody scoring us winning was a success. The tailgate was a success. Having our special guest was it was went all across
0: the board. I like that. I'm going to say blowout because, dang, don't you just love a blowout every once in a while? Like I said, it was fun. Had a little bit of anxiety in the first half, but then once we opened it up, it was it was an easy, breezy game. We could have fun. We could cut up. We could chit-chat. Um, you know, I finally got to do my uh, Lion King thing with Addie. I've been wanting to do that for, you know, 15 years with Jacqueline, and she always would deny me. So I finally had my dreams come true for the Lion King uh Lion King moment. I'm very glad uh, she she checked that
1: uh, bucket list item off for you.
0: So now I can stop hounding you, I guess.
1: <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to add her on Facebook because she actually posted uh, the picture that she and I took together, and the picture that I took of y'all doing the Lion King moment on her on her Facebook about how how great of a day she had. So.
0: <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to go find her. She, That's funny. It's awesome. Yeah,
2: so I, I think one word to describe everything, uh, you know, for, about the game specifically, I think I, you know, you guys said it at the very beginning, uh, it was complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, there 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 was not a uh, the, you, you can you can nitpick and find things. But overall, there was not an area uh, of the of, of the game that uh, they weren't uh, adequate to good to very good at. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a complete win. Um took them a while to you know they, they put up a good fight this isn't um, you know this isn't our RGV this is uh, you know th- this is a you know middle of the middle tier conference uh, they had a winning re- you know they have a winning record still um, and so just to completely dismantle them defensively and uh, it was it was a definite uh, total complete win it was it was very impressive
0: couldn't agree more. What a great word. Love it. Love it. Um, So now what we normally do is we just kind of end things up. We give some summaries. We talk about the upcoming game, which if you haven't realized it or understood or, you know, paid attention yet are obviously our next game is our last home game of the season. Womp, womp. (laughs) It came so fast. I don't like it. So our last home game of the season going to be versus Sam Houston for the foreseeable future last time. Um, Sam Houston obviously is moving conferences at the end of the season. They're moving up in divisions and to to different conferences, Conference USA. And so this will be our last game that is guaranteed with them on the basketball court. And so uh, it's gonna be again, bittersweet. It'll be weird not having them on the schedule unless it's an out of conference uh, game. And so it would be great if we could show out and show up again for that. It's uh, Wednesday at 6, yeah? Um, I think
1: it's 6.30. Aren't they usually at
0: 6.30? Yeah, 6.30. Is it 6.30? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So only, only little minor grievances that our last two games of this season are going to be against the top two teams.
0: Yeah. So then, yeah, we have Sam Houston on Wednesday. And then right after that, the guys travel to Orem and play Utah Valley. Um, So number one and number two teams in in the league. And these are going to be difficult games. Both of these teams, we've already played uh, Sam Houston once. We know what they bring to the table. I I believe this is the first game versus Utah Valley. I don't think we played them earlier in, in the conference season. Did we?
1: I don't think so. And we play them on Friday night. So
0: yeah. Friday at seven
1: sooner than a a normal weekend game.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, it's, it's going to be, yeah, we haven't played them yet. This is our first first game versus them this season. And, you know, they were good last year. They're even better this year. So, you know, obviously they're at the top of the standings and in both the seating and the standing. So, it's going to be two really hard games, and so we're hoping we can end the season on a high note. Go into WAC Vegas with our heads held high, and we're having a really good uh showing in WAC Vegas because you never know what can happen in a conference tournament. You never know because what I mean, what ACU was they were below us, right? I mean, they were like, yep, fifth well, or sixth seed or whatever it was, and they I mean, went to the they went to the championships. They might've been, have been even lower than that. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, you never know. Got a very
2: good feeling about Wednesday night. I'm glad you do. I think, uh, I, I, I think, <laughs> um, you know, seniors last home game. Um, there's not many seniors on this team, but uh, uh, Nigel certainly building off of what he just did uh, Sunday night. Uh, the, you know, getting beat by them earlier in the year. Um, last time you're going to get to play them. Hopefully, there's a big, loud crowd. Uh, I think uh, I, I I I feel like uh, I, I feel like we're going to have a good showing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I, I really hope so too. I mean, obviously, this will be Ratty and Nigel's final game at home in the Sawmill. Um really hope we can get they can we can squeak out a win for them. I really do. Really do. Um Lord, that would be fantastic. I, I would be ecstatic. And I know everybody else would be that place would be literally burning down if we can get a win um versus Sam Houston and then turn around and get a win versus Utah Valley. That would be monumental for us. Fingers crossed for sure. Um yeah, so we loved having you on Richard. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a great time. I'm, I'm so glad that you and, and Frito came down and, and had a great time on Sunday and enjoyed yourselves and, and had a good time sitting courtside and, um, and man, what a great game to watch. Honestly, I'm glad, I'm glad that was the game that you got to see.
2: I really appreciate the opportunity um, to, to sit and talk you know, Jack's basketball with you guys. Thanks for uh, having me, and and uh, again, it was a, a fantastic. Uh, everything ev- couldn't have gone any better. It was uh, the the perfect uh, perfect weather for the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect game inside. Everything went great, and uh, thank you both so much.
1: Yeah, we we uh, we appreciate it. So it was it was a fun day. I'm glad you I'm glad you won, and you got to come out, and that everything. Yeah. Everything went according to plan. We got the
0: dub. Great, right. exactly. It was perfect. Um, so yeah, again, Richard, thank you so much. Next time we're up in the area, up in the colony, we'll be sure to let you know, and we'll come. Please to- do. And next time you're you come to NAC, same thing. I mean, if you come for any other sports or stuff, or you're coming back next season for basketball, yeah. let us know. We would love to see you. And um, so yeah, guys, don't forget to make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube subscribe and, and follow us and, and listen to our podcast. Either you can rewatch these lives or you can obviously listen in your, in your podcast platforms that you enjoy listening to. Um, and then of course, don't forget that if you would like to pimp your ride out in the most purpley passionate way, you can, you can get yourself on my plates an easy and fun way to support SF athletics. If you go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks, to get yourself a $50 rebate, multiple options, Um, You can get a one-year, three-year, five-year deal, personalization, no personalization. I mean, My Plates, it's an S.F. awesome way to support your Lumberjacks. Um, And then, of course, anytime you want to support your Lumberjacks, drinking Purple Lights is the way to go, especially when you're in Nacogdoches, getting it on tap, getting it in a can, at the game, at the brewery, at the local restaurants and, and bars. If Purple Lights is an option, get it. Anytime you drink a Purple Lights, you're helping out. SF Athletics as well, so um, always want to make sure you're hitting up the Fredonia Brewery when you're in town and drinking some purple lights if you want to support your jacks. So, um, but yeah, we hope you have a great night. Hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast with Richard, myself, and Jacqueline. Uh, we love you guys, and as always, ax some jacks Thanks. with Alex and jacks beats it.